Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Gosh, I don't take these moments for granted. I, uh, so often as I prepare my talk, you know, I prepare it and then I, I feel like as I pray this morning, I got up more early than normal, but I just feel a kind of weightiness of how important what we do is, how important your life is, how important your thinking is. So come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you and praise you. I pray for every man and every woman within the sound of my voice, every person watching online, every kid in that kid's space right now. Jesus, I ask You to walk amongst us and Lord, teach us and enlighten us. Holy Spirit, stretch out Your power and Your might. Lord, let it not just stay in this building, but let it build homes and businesses and Lord, government and education and every space and place that You needed to go. Lord, fire up Your people. But Lord, let it not just be a fire that is an emotional fire. Let it be a fire that builds. Let it be a fire that sustains. Spirit of the living God, I declare today I need You, but Your people, they need You too. So speak to them where they need it, I pray. In Jesus' Name. Come on, let's say this together. Say, I can become all God desires. Fill me with Your grace. Fill me with Your wisdom. Fill me with Your power. Fill me with Your love. I declare today, my life, my thinking is blessed because of Jesus. Can we give Jesus a hand clap in the house of God? Come on, praise God, praise God. Do you appreciate Jesus? Come on, do you appreciate Jesus? Praise God, praise God. Hey, grab your seat. Thank you, worship team. You can take a seat. How many appreciate our worship team? How many appreciate everyone that serves in church? What is faith? What is faith? Faith is simply belief. It's what it is. All of us have beliefs. All of us have faith, don't we? Another way to say it is, you cannot not have faith because you cannot not have beliefs. Everyone in here, would you put up your hand if you have beliefs? A couple of you don't have beliefs, but believe me, you have beliefs. Most of you have beliefs, and even if you don't think you have beliefs, you have beliefs. Amen. You know, you hear people say sometimes, I believe in science. Uh, whose interpretation of science? You'll hear people say sometimes, I believe in what I can see. Have you ever seen your brain? <laughs> Most of the time, not. <laughs> uh, sometimes to justify non-belief, people will say, but there's scandals, there's, there's hypocrites. But the truth of the matter is, is that you can't even have scandals if you don't have beliefs. You can't even measure the scandal 
There's no measurement because you have no right and you have no wrong. Therefore, you have no belief. If you say there's scandals, you're also saying there's beliefs. And if you're saying there's scandals, there's beliefs, there's right and there's wrong, isn't there? Today is known in the history books of America as a famous day. Obviously, 21 years ago, terrorists sent planes into the Twin Towers to attack this country. It was a defining moment in this country. If you're alive at that time, you will remember the moment someone told you of what was happening, the moment you sat down and watched the television. The the men who flew the plane into the Twin Towers believed they were doing the right thing. Which tells me this, your belief can be wrong. Someone say, my belief can be wrong. See, what we believe shapes our world, doesn't it? After the 9-11, the US government did an intensive, almost study. They basically asked themselves the question, why did we get attacked like this? And the summary statement of this uh, study was this. We failed to realize we were at war. Think of that for a moment. We failed to believe that we were at war. I'll let that sit for a moment. I want to start a series today called This Is Our Faith. Someone say, this is our faith. We sung a song about it. This is our faith. And I'm going to start a series today called This Is Our Faith. If you're new to Christianity, this will be our faith. If you're kind of sometimes feel like you're in it and out of it, this will be our faith. If you're new to it, this will strengthen and solidify your faith. If you are older in it, hopefully this will strengthen and solidify your faith. How many know when, uh, when you're going to build a big building, you need to start with a big foundation? And I've often noticed that often I am trying to bring people back to their foundations so that they can grow a big faith. You cannot have a big faith with small foundations. You cannot have a a, a faith that God desires and God desires to see if you have shaky, weak, frail foundations. And I'm praying that this series does some kind of foundational work in your mind and in your heart today. So it really kind of solidifies what is the faith that I say that I believe and can I believe more of what I actually believe? John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made And without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Someone say all mankind. mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through Him all might believe. He Himself was not the light. He came... Only He came only as a witness to the light. And the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And He was in the world. And though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize Him. And He came to that which was His own, but His own did not receive Him. Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will 
but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Gospel of John establishes the teaching of who Jesus is for the last 2,000 years of Christianity with just three words in the beginning. Someone say in the beginning. With just three words, he basically, the Apostle John is knitting the Old Covenant and the New Covenant in three words. He's not just knitting that, he is knitting the Genesis creation record and the good news of Jesus in just three words. John is also giving us his worldview. Someone say worldview. A worldview, let me define it for you. And I'm going to teach you a fair bit today. Is that okay? Yes. How many of you brought, brought your brain with you? Yes. See, you believe in a brain. <laughs> a worldview is a set of assumptions. Some must say assumptions. Which we hold in a conscious or unconscious. Conscious or unconscious way causes us to see the world in a certain light. To simplify this definition, it might be this. A worldview is one's basic assumptions about reality. And here's the thing. We are either taught our worldview, but we often catch our worldview from friends and from teachers, from sometimes uh, painful experiences. We actually, we don't even realize that we catch a, a worldview. Our worldview helps us answer what philosophers and theologians would call the big four areas or the big four questions of life. So let me show you real quick. All of you will ask these questions at one point in the game, and it won't be at one moment, but you'll ask this whether you know it or not. Where did I come from? Origin. When you were young, did you ask your mom and dad, hey, how did I get here? And your mom kind of had this twinkle in her eye like, oh, how much detail do I give you? <laughs> Where did I come from? Why am I here? That often happens in more the teenage years. Like, why in the world? It's not just where did I come from, but where and why am I here? That's, that's purpose. What is right and what is wrong? And your parents will teach you that and, and the school will teach you that and all kinds of different things. And, and there'll be times when even if you know what is right and wrong, you won't want to do it. None of you have experienced that. It's good. And then one day you'll ask yourself, where am I going after I die? The Apostle Paul gives light on these four questions in the beginning. In the beginning, he says to me, this is not a new story. This is the continuation of a story. In the beginning, he says, this is not a new religion. Actually, this is the continuation of what God was trying to establish in the beginning. In the beginning, God. How many know that just that phrase, isn't it amazing that four words, in the beginning God, sets up so much and says so much. God the creator, God the author. Philosophers would call, would call him the uncaused first cause. How many got confused when I said that? <laughs> Let me say it again. The uncaused first cause. There had to be a, a, a being outside of had a start and a time, literally outside of time, the uncaused first cause. Some would say all-powerful. Some would say all-knowing. 
all-knowing. Have you ever thought about the systems of the body? You know, there are 11 systems of the body. How many couldn't care less? <laughs> but you need those systems, every single one that you don't even think about most of the time. There is the cardiovascular system. Obviously, that's the heart and the blood vessels. There's the digestive system. You only think about it when it goes wrong. <laughs> when you can't go or when you go too much. You look at people and go, oh, I gotta go. That's your digestive system saying something's wrong, sister. There's the endocrine system, your hormones, and there's the exocrine system. It's your skin, hair, and nails. And when you go to the nail salon, ladies, that's your... Endocrine, sorry, that's your exocrine system. You should go to your nails next time, ladies, and go, I'm working on my exocrine system. Your immune system, you only care about that when someone's sniffling around you and you're getting a scratchy throat. You're kind of like, I need vitamin C. The immune system and the muscular system and the nervous system, and the renal system, the reproductive system and the respiratory system and the air and you ever go for a run and get really tired? That's your respiratory system. Need some work. And skeletal system. Or skeletal. <clears throat> Long live the queen. In the beginning, God. God who doesn't need engineers. God who doesn't need architects. God who doesn't need builders. God doesn't need plumbers. God doesn't need cranes. God doesn't need trucks to build the universe. He just spoke. In the beginning, John says, was the Word. Words created everything. This is what Christians believe, that words created everything. And to give it more clarity, the word created everything. This is why words are so powerful. They produce and they destroy. It is actually a reflection that you are made in the likeness and the image of God, that your words have value and that they have power, both to do good and do bad. Why are words so powerful? How come you remember an insult someone gave you 25 years ago? Words have power, don't they? Your words are shaping your life. You are reflecting God. With words, does a judge say innocent or guilty? With words, does an engaged couple say I do? With words, does a boss say you're fired or you're hired? With words, are elections won? With words, our philosophies built. With words, you can help people or hurt people. With words, do you disciple people? And with words, do you deceive people? Someone say, my words are powerful. Think about how important words are for a moment. The entire human race fell from God's design because they believed wrong words. Hear me again. The entire human race according to Genesis chapter three, fell because they believed what? What did they believe? Wrong words. Salvation is proclaimed through words. 
Salvation is received through words. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, it says you shall be forgiven, you shall be saved. Salvation is received through words. Jesus actually said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 and 37, that, that you'll give an account for every careless word spoken, it says, for by your words you'll be acquitted and by your words you'll be condemned. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Your words have power, don't they? This is why I've been warning people and teaching people, especially if you're a parent in here and you have kids going into elementary school and middle school and high school, you might just say, Pastor Ben, it's just words. No, it's not just words. It is a philosophy. It is powerful. It is deceptive. And it is dangerous to tell people their gender is fluid. That is, it's just words. But it is creating. And I would say this, it is destroying. Like planes into the 9-11 towers will be that philosophy into the minds and hearts of, of the education system in this country. It will break foundations. It literally will open doors. It is nothing short of dangerous. And no Christian and no Catholic should ever support it. Ever. Let me say it again, ever. Not one Christian, not one Catholic should ever support it. Not one. Why? Because it's words and it's lies. Words have power. John 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and goodness, the Apostle John says this incredible line and it changes everything. And the Word was God. The Word was God. In that simple moment of a few short sentences, the Apostle John distinguishes Jesus from every prophet, every sage, every teacher, every self-help guru, every angel, even every lesser God. John says this, Jesus is God. Many people miss this teaching. Many people miss this teaching, but it is the major theme of the Gospel of John. In Matthew, we see that he is the Messiah. In Mark, he's really the miracle worker and he's serving people. And Luke, he's the Son of Man. And in John, he's God. In Exodus chapter 3, when God appears to Moses in the burning bush, verse 13, Moses said to God. Someone say God. God. Someone say Moses, Moses said to God. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I tell them? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Someone say, I am. Moses is having a conversation with God and God says, my name is, I am. You gotta, you gotta feel this moment. So the Jews knew that God appeared to Moses and that Moses talked with God and Moses and God talked with Moses and his name was I am. And there are seven I am's in the Gospel of John. 
In the Gospel of John, Jesus has seven I am statements. He didn't say, I am a nice teacher. He did not say, I'm a prophet. He did not say, I'm the love doctor because I talk about love a lot. He says this, I am the bread of life. And every time he says, I am, there is this thing about it. Wait, 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 what are you saying? I am the bread of life. I know I'm giving you a lot of information. Can you handle it today? I am the bread of life. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. And I am the true vine. Seven I am statements. Seven, the number of God. Seven is is the number, literally. In, In numerology, it is the number of God. And John says seven different times, I am. In John 8, your father rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, how how he saw it and was glad. This is Jesus speaking. And they says, you are not yet 50 years old. They said to him, and you have seen Abraham. And then he says, very truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And then they picked up stones to throw a rock at him. For you, a mere man, claim to be God. Jesus didn't say, I'm a nice teacher. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. He says, I am the way. I am the life. I am the truth. One of the things I think we have to allow ourselves to do in our faith is wrestle with big issues sometimes. How many of you come to faith as a young man or young woman, young boy, young girl? How many came to faith when you were young? I came to faith at probably five years old, genuine faith, saw Jesus on the cross. And for some reason, reason, there was faith in my heart that that was strategic and that was important. And I believed in a moment. Some would say moment. Some would say salvation. Salvation happens in a moment. It's a, a belief. But how many know as you go on the journey of life, you don't need one moment of belief. You need moments of believing. You need moments of believing and there'll be moments of wrestle. And then sometimes you'll look at Scripture and go, my goodness, it's so big that you'll wrestle with, really, I think your reasoning mind or cerebral mind, the bigness of the claims of Jesus. And I think it's okay. Actually, I don't think it's okay. It is okay. It's okay to wrestle that because you've got to understand when, when Peter was called, out of his boat, he knows there's something unique. He knows that Jesus is really just something that he can't put his finger on, but he is not completely sure of what he is yet. And he thinks he's a teacher at one point. And then he walks on water. He's like, okay, this has never happened before. It wasn't like iced over with ice skates. No, he walked on the water. And it's not until the last almost days of Jesus' life that Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Matthew 16, and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And here's what's also interesting in John chapter one, Thomas is called, I believe. Thomas is called and he believes. And how many know when Jesus dies on the cross, Thomas doubts. And then John chapter 20 and 21, he resurrects from the dead and everyone sees Jesus. Someone say everyone accept Thomas like Jesus is fine doing a miracle and missing you but he expects you to believe other people's miracles and then he shows up and by his grace he literally affirms him and says touch my hands 
touch my feet, stop doubting and believe. In John 20, 28, Thomas says to him, my Lord and my God. Do you see the journey of faith? Do you see the journey of teacher? This guy's a mentor. This guy's a teacher. Guy might be a Messiah. He might be a king. And then later you go, he's literally the Lord of the universe. He's God. Since Jesus is God, Jesus is the author. Therefore, Jesus is the creator. Therefore, his word defines me. He makes the laws and rules. He sets the guidelines and guardrails. His word guides me to believe in him. His word warns me of false doors. This is important. His word warns me of false doors, false words, false shepherds, false teachers. Are you with me, church? Second yes. Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. How does Satan come to you? Does he come with a pitchfork? Does he come to you and say, I am Satan, <laughs> serve me. I'm Lucifer, the Lord of the Sith. No, he doesn't do that. And no wonder 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, for Satan, what does he do? He masquerades as an angel of light. What does he do? He comes with words, false words, false light, false words that sound close to it and then lures you into it and he masquerades as an angel of light. This is why Jesus, and this is, you can say Jesus wrote this, Genesis 1, 27. So God created mankind in, in what? In His own image, in the image of God, He created the male and female. He created them. A number of people in our church run businesses and Actually, some of the, the guys I've been chatting to started a business. And if you told me you started a business recently and then I go to your business and I start taking stuff from your business, you're like, no, I copyrighted this business. You're not allowed to use my name. I started Transform the Movement and you can't just go on there and steal it. Why? Because I copyrighted it. If someone copyrighted it, what would I do? I'd be mad at them. You guys look confused. You're like, I'm not sure. Trick question. Um, If they tried to use the name, use the website, use it for anything, what would it be? It would be theft. So understand this. When God says, I made you in my image, anything outside of that is what? Theft. So you are to reflect Him. And I am to grow. Now we know sin messes all, all of that stuff up, right? We know we can't do that perfectly. We can't even do it perfectly, even with His grace and even with His mercy and even with His power. But we can do it authentically. Someone say, I can become who God desires. Say this with me. If Jesus is God, then Jesus defines me. If Jesus is God, Jesus can forgive me. Some say, if Jesus is God, Jesus can restore me. And if Jesus is God, Jesus can mold me to be like Him. Jesus is God. Say that with me. Jesus is God. My next point today is Jesus is life. John 1, 4 
says in him was what? Life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome us. Say with me, Jesus is life. Now, can you have a great life without Jesus, a successful life without Jesus? Sure you can, because you can have a temporary life. But he's talking about the Zoe life. John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. How does the thief steal? Lies. Words. Words. How does he steal words? Words that become thoughts. Words that deceive. Words that lure. He says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But he says, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, I had five points today. I'm a point number two. That's just disappointing. You okay anyway? Maybe that's next week. (laughs) Maybe I've got some good stuff for next week. What do you think? Jesus is life. Let me, let me, can I take you through the book of John for a second? Let me just take you through the whole book of John and point you to Jesus in every chapter. You ready? In John 1, His life made us. In John 2, His life restores us. It restores our joy. In John 3, His life gives everlasting life. In in John chapter 4, His life searches for us. In John 5, His life heals us. In John 6, His life feeds us. In John 7, His life satisfies us. In John 8, His life sets us free. In John 9, His life opens our eyes. In John 10, His life leads us. In John 11, His life resurrects us. In John 12, His life corrects us. In John 13, His life serves us. In John 14, His life gives us peace. In John 15, His life sustains us. In John 16, His life empowers us. In John 17, His life protects us. In John 18, His life is laid down for us. In John 19, His life bleeds for us. In John 20, His life defeats death for us. And in John 21, His life sends us. Let me read this last scripture. 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy every work of darkness. Can we say that together? The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. You know, like Pastor Anthony, I don't really believe in the devil. Why do you talk about the devil? Because he's the liar. And if you never talk about him, you never expose him. If you never talk about him, you never expose him. We'll always spend more time talking on the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the principles of God, who you are in Christ. But you do have to expose. In John chapter 1, it says, and and the Word came and it says, and the darkness has not overcome it. So not only does it give us this picture that in the beginning, God, but it was this picture of Jesus coming into a world and that darkness was everywhere. The reason... 
the Son of God was appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. But how does the devil work? Words. How important are your words? Powerful. How important are the words you hear? Powerful. If you're a parent, how important are the words that people say to your kids? Powerful. People get lured by words, don't we? We get invited by words. We get tricked by words. But Jesus says, I am the Word. I'm the light. The essence of our faith is not on coming to church. It's Jesus. The essence and the centerpiece of our faith isn't reading your Bible, it's Jesus. Sometimes Christians need to just have some guilt taken off them. I didn't read my Bible this week. Did you think on Jesus? One of the, the, my assignments is to help you come to church and just love Jesus more. One of the worship team's assignment is to help you come and just know Jesus and love Jesus more. This is our faith. It's based on Jesus, the work of Jesus, the life of Jesus. Jesus, none like Him. Isn't He beautiful? The Apostle Paul prayed this in Ephesians 3. He says, I pray that you know how wide and how high and how long and how deep is the love of Christ. And he says, and I pray that you know it beyond all knowledge. Why? Because the one who died on the cross for you doesn't just want to be a picture on the cross. He wants to live in your heart. But he doesn't just want to stay in your heart. He wants to be proclaimed from your mouth. Because we live in a world who runs from darkness but needs His incredible love. Are you with me, church? Would you close your eyes all across this place? Thank you. Yeah, come on. Can we give the Lord a hand? Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap in the house of God. Come on, let's honour King Jesus. Come on, let's honour King Jesus. Come on, can we stand to our feet for a moment? Can we just honour King Jesus, come on. Come on, let's take a few seconds. Come on, He's enthroned on our praise. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father. No one moving around this moment. Eyes closed. We close eyes sometimes just to help you concentrate. Close eyes sometimes because it's like when you close your eyes, it's like you can see with your heart. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through Him. Nothing was made that has been made. And in Him was light, and the light was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In Him was life, and that life was the very light of men. 
Maybe you're here today and your faith simply needs to be strengthened. There's foundations that you need to strengthen by spending time in His Word and jumping in a transformed group or jumping in Church Alive College or just in your personal private time, just strengthening foundations. I pray that this series will strengthen foundations so that you'd be able to test and stand the test of time, that you wouldn't be a easily blown Christian, that your faith would be on the very essence in the person of Jesus. Bible also says in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door. And he says, I knock. He says, if anyone hears my voice, have you heard the Spirit's voice in this moment right now? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will eat with him and he with me. This actual scripture was speaking Christians who had actually disconnected from their relationship with God. And maybe you're in here today and you recognize that you have disconnected your relationship with God. You sense that He is actually knocking on the door of your heart. I feel in my heart that the Holy Spirit wants to stir some people to solidify your faith, to solidify it, to surrender, to say, God, I I hear your voice. I hear you speaking. I've locked you out. I come when when life goes bad. I come if I lose my job. I come when I'm stressed. I come when And there is no shame in coming to Jesus when those things are bad. It's actually needful. He went around and did good. Wherever He went, He met needs. And His mercy and grace extends to all of us in this time. We all have needs. We all have times when, man, we drift. But don't let Him stay at the the 911 call. Don't let him stay as 911 Jesus. Let him be the foundation of your life and your faith. Man, there's some people all across this place and I believe the Spirit of God is drawing people. And I just feel like there's a, there's a call in the heart of God. Son, I'm knocking and I want you to, to open the door and if you know that's you today, I, I know there's numerous different people in this place. I'm going to ask you literally to come out, out of your chair. And I'm going to ask you just to, in a humble moment, to literally stand at the front, but then just get on your knees for a moment. I proclaim the risen Jesus, the King of all Jesus, the the one who is and was and is to come. I proclaim the one who knows everything about you. I proclaim the real Jesus, not some fake Jesus. 
And He is in this house right now. And He is calling people to say, don't let me be a 911 call anymore. But place your true faith in me. There's many moments where we need re-surrender in our lives. So all across this place, if you need to come, would you quickly come and make your way out of your seat and just ask the person next to you, hey, I just need to get by you. Come on all across this place. Come now. Come now. Come now. I just want you to come forward. And I just want us to just even go on your knees if you can. Maybe it's just one knee or both knees. But I just feel the Spirit of God drawing lots of people just to just to solidify their faith. I bind every spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. I loose the Spirit of God to work and draw people right now all across this place. Thank you, Lord, what you're going to do in this place. Just make space, make space. Come on, if you need to come, if you're feeling shame about it, but you want to go and like, oh, I should, but I can't step out now. Step out now. God, God draws you. He gives you moments. He says, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a few more that need to come. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Holy Spirit wants to do a deep work in your heart. I'm not looking for everyone. I'm looking for a few. But the Holy Spirit wants to do a deep work in your heart. No more 911, Jesus. No, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. Help me see Him by the eye of faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for those. Come on, let's just worship the whole church family. Come on, let's just worship for a moment. Come on, let's worship for a moment. Thank you, Lord, for every heart. Thank you, Lord, for every heart. Thank you, Lord, for every heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Come on, can prayer team, can you quickly come and just pray? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, why don't we lift our hands to heaven, Lord? Why don't we lift our hands to heaven, church? Oh, we love you and praise you, Father. We love you and praise you, Father. We love you and praise you, God. We surrender afresh in this place to you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You might be a leader in our church and you feel like you just need to surrender afresh and anew today. I feel that the Spirit of God won't let me just drop the altar call for a moment. Let me just say this to you. Never let a title stop you obeying God. It's the greatest way that you can limit God in your own life. It's all across this place. Come. Come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, can we worship just for a bit longer? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Come on, can we sing that together? 
Come on, let's sing this together. You can close your eyes, you can lift your hands. Just keep in a moment of worship. Come on. Thank you, Lord. our faith in Him, we literally walk upon a bridge that'll never crack, that'll never fail, and it will bring us to the Father. Maybe you're in this place and you've yet to place your faith in Him. I want to invite you today to do that. I want to invite you, if you don't know Jesus, there are many people in this church that definitely know Jesus, but maybe there's a few that don't yet. And if that's you today, and you want to do that, and you desire to turn your life to Him and say, I'm done living my own way. And then all across this place, I want to lead you in a prayer. Can we pray this as a church family? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much to die for me. I believe you're the Word, you're God, you are life. You are light, and I ask you, forgive my sin, come into my life, 
Be my Saviour. Be my very best friend. Help me walk with you. Help me know you. Help me become who you desire. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. With eyes closed all across this place. If you're in business with God, whether it be the front or the way in the back, would you quickly raise your hand, raise it up high, and say, Pastor Anthony, that's me today. Raise it up high, raise it up high. Long enough, thank you. Those in the front, that's awesome. Those in the back, those in the middle, that's awesome today. Thank you. Just high enough, long enough for me to see you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless your people. Strengthen them. Strengthen them. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand one more time? Come on. Come on, Brian.